Good evening. Welcome to the Just Sleep Podcast. I'm Tasha, your host. Every week, I will read you an old story to help you relax, put the stressful day behind you, and drift off to sleep. Occasionally, we will run ads in order to cover the costs of the production of the podcast. Rest assured, there will be no ads during or after the story. If you prefer an ad-free and intro-free show, you can join Just Sleep Premium. Visit justsleeppodcast.com slash support for more information. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tonight, I will be reading two Snow White stories, Little Snow White and Snow White and Rose Red. So lie down, close your eyes, and let me read you a story.
Once upon a time in the middle of winter, when the flakes of snow were falling like feathers from the clouds, a queen sat at her palace window, which had an ebony black frame, stitching her husband's shirts. While she was thus engaged in looking out at the snow, she pricked her finger, and three drops of blood fell upon the snow. Now the red looked so well upon the white that she thought to herself, Oh, that I had a child as white as this snow, as red as this blood, and as black as the wood of this frame. Soon afterwards, a little daughter came to her, who was as white as snow, and with cheeks as red as blood, and with hair as black as ebony. And from this she was named Snow White. And at the same time, her mother died. About a year afterwards, the king married another wife who was very beautiful, but so proud and haughty that she could not bear anyone to be better looking than herself. She owned a wonderful mirror, and when she stepped before it and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? It replied, The queen is the fairest of the day. Then she was pleased, for she knew that the mirror spoke truly. Little Snow White, however, grew up and became prettier and prettier, and when she was seven years old, she was as fair as the noonday and more beautiful than the queen herself. When the queen now asked her mirror, 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 on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? It replied, the queen was fairest yesterday. Snow White is the fairest now, they say. This angered the queen, and she became quite yellow with envy. From that hour, whenever she saw Snow White, her heart was hardened against her, and she hated the little girl. Her envy and jealousy increased, so that she had no rest day or night, and she said to a huntsman, Take the child into the forest. I will never look upon her again. You must kill her, and bring me her heart and tongue for a token. The huntsman listened and took the maiden away. But when he drew out his knife to kill her, she began to cry, saying, Ah, dear huntsman, give me my life. I will run into the wild forest and never come home again. This speech softened the hunter's heart. And her beauty so touched him that he had pity on her and said, Well, run away then, poor child. But he thought to himself, The wild beast will soon devour you. Still. He felt as if a stone had been lifted from his heart because her death was not by his hand. Just at that moment, a young boar came roaring along to the spot, and as soon as he clapped eyes upon it, the huntsman caught it and, killing it, took its tongue and heart and carried them to the queen for a token of his deed. But now poor little Snow White was left motherless and alone and overcome with grief. She was bewildered at the sight of so many trees and knew not which way to turn. She ran till her feet refused to go further, and as it was just getting dark, and she saw a little house near, she entered in to rest. In this cottage, everything was very small, but very neat and elegant. In the middle stood a little table with a white cloth over it, and seven little plates upon it, each plate having a spoon and a knife and a fork and there were also seven little mugs, 
Against the wall there were seven little beds arranged in a row, each covered with snow-white sheets. Little Snow White, being both hungry and thirsty, ate a little morsel of porridge out of each plate and drank a drop or two of wine out of each mug, for she did not wish to take away the whole share of anyone. After that, because she was so tired, she laid herself down on one bed, but it did not suit. She tried another, but that was too long. A fourth was too short, a fifth too hard, but the seventh was just the thing. And tucking herself up in it, she went to sleep, first saying her prayers as usual. When it became quite dark, the owners of the cottage came home, seven dwarfs, who dug for gold and silver in the mountains. They first lighted seven little lamps and saw at once, for they lit up the whole room, that somebody had been in, for everything was not in the order in which they had left it. The first asked, Who has been sitting on my chair? The second, Who has been eating off my plate? The third said, Who has been nibbling at my bread? The fourth, Who has been at my porridge? The fifth, Who has been meddling with my fork? The sixth grumbled out, Who has been cutting with my knife? The seventh said, Who has been drinking out of my mug? Then the first, looking round, began again, Who has been laying on my bed? He asked, For he saw that the sheets were tumbled. At these words the others came, and looking at their beds cried out too, Someone has been laying in our beds. But the seventh little man, running up to his, saw Snow White sleeping in it, so he called his companions, who shouted with wonder, and held up their seven lamps, so that the light fell upon the little girl. Oh heavens, oh heavens, said they, what a beauty she is. And they were so much delighted that they left her to sleep. And the seventh dwarf, in whose bed she was, slept with each of his fellows one hour, and so passed the night. As soon as morning dawned, Snow White awoke, and was quite frightened when she saw the seven little men. But they were quite friendly, and asked her what she was called. My name is Snow White, was her reply. Why have you come into our cottage? they asked. Then she told them how her stepmother would have had her killed, but the huntsman had spared her life, and how she had wandered about the whole day until she at last had found their house. When her tale was finished, the dwarf said, Will you look after our household, be our cook, make the beds, wash, sew, and knit for us, and keep everything in neat order? If so, we will keep you here, and you shall want for nothing. And Snow White answered, Yes, with all my heart, I will. And so she remained with them and kept their house in order. In the morning the dwarfs went into the mountains and searched for silver and gold, and in the evenings they came home and found their meals ready for them. During the day the maiden was left alone, and therefore the good dwarfs warned her and said, Be careful of your stepmother, who will soon know of your being here, so let nobody enter the cottage. The queen, meanwhile, supposing that she had eaten the heart and tongue of her stepdaughter, believed that she was now, above all, the most beautiful woman in the world. One day, she stepped before her mirror and said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And it replied, The queen was fairest yesterday, Snow White is fairest now, they say. The dwarfs protect her from thy sway.
amid the forest, far away. This reply surprised her, but she knew that the mirror spoke the truth. She knew, therefore, that the huntsman had deceived her and that Snow White was still alive. So she disguised her face and clothed herself as a peddler woman so that no one could recognize her. And in this disguise, she went over the seven hills to the house of the seven dwarfs. She knocked at the door of the hut and called out, Fine goods for sale, beautiful goods for sale. Snow White peeped out of the window and said, Good day, my good woman. What have you to sell? Fine goods, beautiful goods, she replied. Stays of all colors. And she held up a pair which were made of many colored silks. I may let in this honest woman, thought Snow White. And she unbolted the door and bargained for one pair of stays. You can't think, my dear, how they become you, exclaimed the old woman. Come, let me lace them up for you. Snow White suspected nothing and let her do as she wished. But the old woman laced her up so quickly and so tightly that all her breath went and she fell down like one dead. Now, thought the old woman to herself, hastening away, now I am once more the most beautiful of all. At evening tide, not long after she had left, the seven dwarfs came home and were much frightened at seeing their dear little maid lying on the ground and neither moving nor breathing as if she were dead. They raised her up, and when they saw that she was laced too tight, they cut the stays to pieces, and presently she began to breathe again, and little by little she revived. When the dwarfs now heard what had taken place, they said, The old peddler woman was no other than your wicked stepmother. Take more care of yourself, and let no one enter when we are not with you. Meanwhile, the queen had reached home and going before her mirror she repeated her usual words, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And it replied as before, The queen was fairest yesterday, Snow White is fairest now, they say. The dwarfs protect her from thy sway, amid the forest, far away. As soon as it had finished, all her blood rushed to her heart, for she was so angry to hear that Snow White was yet living. But now, thought she to herself, will I make something which will destroy her completely? Thus saying, she made a poisoned comb by arts which she understood, and then, disguising herself, she took the form of an old widow. She went over the seven hills to the house of the seven dwarfs, and knocking at the door, called out, Good wares to sell today. Snow White peeped out and said, You must go further, for I dare not let you in. But still, you may look, said the old woman, drawing out her poisoned comb and holding it up. The sight of this pleased the maiden so much that she allowed herself to be persuaded and opened the door. As soon as she had bought something, the old woman said, Now, let me for once comb your hair properly. And Snow White consented. But scarcely was the comb drawn through the hair when the poison began to work, and the maiden fell down senseless. You pattern of beauty, cried the queen. It is now all over with you. And so saying, she departed. Fortunately, evening soon came, and the seven dwarfs returned. And as soon as they saw Snow White lying, like dead, upon the ground, they suspected the queen, and discovering the poison comb, they immediately drew it out. Then the maiden very soon revived, 
and told them all that had happened. So again they warned her against the wicked stepmother and bade her open the door to nobody. Meanwhile, the queen on her arrival home had again consulted her mirror and received the same answers twice before. This made her tremble and foam with rage and jealousy and she swore that Snow White should die if it cost her her own life. Thereupon, she went into an inner, secret chamber where no one could enter and made an apple of the most deep and subtle poison. Outwardly, it looked nice enough and had rosy cheeks which would make the mouth of everyone who looked at it water, but whoever ate the smallest piece of it would surely die. As soon as the apple was ready, the queen again disguised her face and clothed herself like a peasant's wife. And then over the seven mountains to the house of the seven dwarfs, she made her way. She knocked at the door and Snow White stretched out her head and said, I dare not let anyone enter. The seven dwarfs have forbidden me. That is hard on me, said the old woman, for I must take back my apples. But there is one which I will give you. No, answered Snow White. No. I dare not take it. What, are you afraid of it? cried the old woman. There, see, I will cut the apple in halves. Do you eat the red cheeks, and I will eat the core? The apple was so artfully made that the red cheeks alone were poisoned. Snow White very much wished for the beautiful apple, and when she saw the woman eating the core, she could no longer resist, but stretching out her hand, took the poisoned part. Scarcely had she placed a piece in her mouth when she fell down dead upon the ground. Then the queen, looking at her with glittering eyes and laughing bitterly, exclaimed, White as snow, red as blood, black as ebony. This time the dwarfs cannot reawaken you. When she reached home and consulted her mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? It answered, The queen is fairest of the day. Then her envious heart was at rest, as peacefully as an envious heart can rest. When the little dwarfs returned home in the evening, they found Snow White lying on the ground, and there appeared to be no life in her body. She seemed to be quite dead. They raised her up and tried if they could find anything poisonous. They unlaced her and even uncombed her hair and washed her with water and with wine, but nothing availed. The dear child was really and truly dead. Then they laid her upon a casket, and all seven placed themselves around it, and wept and wept for three days without ceasing. Then they prepared to bury her, but she looked still fresh and lifelike, and even her red cheeks had not deserted her. So they said to one another, We cannot bury her in the ground. Then they ordered a case to be made of glass. In this, they could see the body on all sides, and the dwarfs wrote her name with golden letters upon the glass, saying that she was the king's daughter. Now they placed the glass case upon the ledge on a rock, and one of them always remained by it watching. Even the birds bewailed the loss of Snow White. First came an owl, then a raven, and last of all, a dove. For a long time Snow White lay peacefully in her case and changed not but looked as if she were only asleep, for she was still white as snow, red as blood, and black-haired as ebony. By and by it happened that the king's son was travelling in the forest, 
and came to the dwarf's house to pass the night. He soon saw the glass case upon the rock and the beautiful maiden laid within, and read also the golden inscription. When he had examined it, he said to the dwarfs, Let me have this case, and I will pay what you like for it. But the dwarfs replied, We will not sell it for all the gold in the world. Then give it to me, said the prince, for I cannot live without Snow White. I will honour her and protect her as long as I live. When the dwarfs saw that he was so much in earnest, they pitied him, and at last gave him the case, and the prince ordered it to be carried away on the shoulders of his attendants. Presently it happened that they stumbled over a rut, and with the shock, the piece of poisoned apple which lay in Snow White's mouth fell out. Very soon she opened her eyes, and raising the lid of the glass case, she rose up and asked, Where am I? Full of joy, the prince answered, You are safe with me. And he told her what she had suffered, and how he would rather have her than any other for his wife, and he asked her to accompany him home to the castle of the king, his father. Snow White consented, and when they arrived there, they were married with great splendor and magnificence. Snow White's stepmother was also invited to the wedding, and when she was dressed in all her finery to go, she first stepped in front of her mirror and asked, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And it replied, The queen was fairest yesterday, the prince's bride is now, they say. At these words the queen was in fury, and was so terribly mortified that she knew not what to do with herself. At first she resolved not to go to the wedding, but she could not resist the wish to see the princess. So she went, but as soon as she saw the bride, she recognized Snow White, and was so terrified with rage and astonishment that she rushed out of the castle and was never heard of again. Snow White and Rose Red A poor widow once lived in a cottage with a garden in front of it, in which grew two rose trees, one bearing white roses and the other red. She had two children who were just like the two rose trees. One was called Snow White and the other Rose Red, and they were the sweetest and the best children in the world, always diligent and always cheerful. But Snow White was quieter and more gentle than Rose Red. Rose Red loved to run about the fields and meadows and to pick flowers and catch butterflies. But Snow White sat at home with her mother and helped her in the household, or read aloud to her when there was no work to do. The two children loved each other so dearly that they always walked about hand in hand whenever they went out together. And when Snow White said, We will never desert each other, Rose Red answered, No, not as long as we live. And the mother added, Whatever one gets, she shall share with the other. They often roamed about in the woods gathering berries, and no beast offered to hurt them. On the contrary, they came up to them in the most confiding manner. The little hare would eat a cabbage leaf from their hands, the deer grazed beside them, the stag would bound past them merrily, and the birds remained on the branches and sang to them with all their might. No evil ever befell them. If they tarried late in the wood, and night overtook them, they lay down together on the moss and slept till morning, and their mother knew they were quite safe and never felt anxious about them. 
once, when they had slept all night in the wood and had been awakened by the morning sun, they perceived a beautiful child in a shining white robe sitting close to their resting place. The figure got up, looked at them kindly, but said nothing, and vanished into the wood. And when they looked round about them, they became aware they had slept quite close to a precipice over which they certainly would have fallen had they gone on a few steps further in the darkness. And when they told their mother of their adventure, she said what they had seen must have been the angel that guards good children. Snow White and Rose Red kept their mother's cottage so beautifully clean and neat that it was a pleasure to go into it. In summer, Rose Red looked after the house, and every morning before her mother awoke, she placed a bunch of flowers before the bed from each tree a rose. In winter, Snow White lit the fire and put on the kettle, which was made of brass, but so beautifully polished that it shone like gold. In the evening, when the snowflakes fell, their mother said, Snow White, go and close the shutters. And they drew round the fire, while the mother put on her spectacles and read aloud from a big book, and the two girls listened and sat and span. Beside them on the ground lay a little lamb, and behind them perched a little white dove with its head tucked under its wings. One evening, as they sat thus cosily together, someone knocked at the door as though he desired admittance. The mother said, Rose Red, open the door quickly. It must be some traveller seeking shelter. Rose Red hastened to unbar the door and thought she saw a poor man standing in the darkness outside. But it was no such thing, only a bear who poked his thick black head through the door. Rose Red screamed aloud and sprang back in terror. The lamb began to bleat, and the dove flapped its wings, and Snow White ran and hid behind her mother's bed. But the bear began to speak and said, Don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. I am half frozen and only wish to warm myself a little. My poor bear, said the mother, lie down by the fire. Only take care you don't burn your fur. Then she called out, Snow White and Rose Red, come out. The bear will do you no harm. He is a good, honest creature. So they both came out of their hiding places, and gradually the lamb and the dove drew near too, and they all forgot their fear. The bear asked the children to beat the snow a little out of his fur, and they fetched a brush and scrubbed him till he was dry. Then the beast stretched himself in front of the fire and growled quite happily and comfortably. The children soon grew quite at ease with him. They tugged his fur with their hands, put their small feet on his back, and rolled him about here and there, or took a hazel wand and beat him with it, and if he growled they only laughed. The bear submitted to everything with the best possible good nature. Only when they went too far he cried, Oh children, spare my life. Snow white and rose red, don't beat your lover dead. When it was time to retire for the night, and the others went to bed, the mother said to the bear, You can lie there on the hearth in heaven's name. It will be your shelter for you from the cold and wet. As soon as day dawned, the children let him out, and he trotted over the snow into the wood. From this time on, the bear came every evening at the same hour, and lay down by the hearth, and let the children play what pranks they liked with him. And they got so accustomed to him, that the door was never shut till their friend had made his appearance. 
When spring came and all outside was green, the bear said one morning to Snow White, Now I must go away and not return again the whole summer. Where are you going to, dear bear? asked Snow White. I must go to the wood and protect my treasure from the wicked dwarfs. In winter, when the earth is frozen hard, they are obliged to remain underground, for they can't work their way through. But now, when the sun has thawed and warmed the ground, they break through and come up above to spy the land and steal what they can. What once falls into their hands and into their caves is not easily brought back to light. Snow White was quite sad over their friend's departure, and when she unbarred the door for him, the bear, stepping out, caught a piece of his fur in the door knocker, and Snow White thought she caught sight of glittering gold beneath it, but she couldn't be certain of it, and the bear ran hastily away and soon disappeared behind the trees. A short time after this, the mother sent the children into the forest to collect wood. They came in their wanderings upon a big tree which lay felled on the ground, and on the trunk among the long grass they noticed something jumping up and down, but what it was they couldn't distinguish. When they approached nearer, they perceived a dwarf with a wizened face and a beard a yard long. The end of the beard was jammed into the cleft of the tree, and the little man sprang about like a dog on a chain, and didn't seem to know what he was to do. He glared at the girls with his fiery red eyes and screamed out, What are you standing there for? Can't you come and help me? What are you doing, little man? asked Rose Red. You stupid, inquisitive ghost, replied the dwarf. I wanted to split the tree in order to get little chips of wood for our kitchen fire. Those thick logs that serve to make fires for coarse, greedy people like yourselves quite burn up all the little food we need. I had successfully driven in the wedge and all was going well, but the cursed wood was so slippery that it suddenly sprang out and the tree closed up so rapidly that I had no time to take my beautiful white beard out. So here I am, stuck fast, and I can't get away. And you silly, smooth-faced, milk-and-water girls just stand and laugh. What wretches you are. The children did all in their power, but they couldn't get the beard out. It was wedged in far too firmly. I will run and fetch someone, said Rose Red. Crazy blockheads, snapped the dwarf. What's the good of calling anyone else? You're already too, too many for me. Does nothing better occur to you than that? Don't be so impatient, said Snow White. I'll see you get help. And taking her scissors out of her pocket, she cut off the end of his beard. As soon as the dwarf felt himself free, he seized a bag full of gold which was hidden among the roots of the tree, lifted it up and muttered aloud, Curse these rude wretches, cutting off a piece of my splendid beard. With these words, he swung the bag over his back and disappeared without as much as looking at the children again. Shortly after this, Snow White and Rose Red went out to get a dish of fish. As they approached the stream, they saw something which looked like an enormous grasshopper springing towards the water as if it were going to jump in. They ran forward and recognized their old friend, the dwarf. Where are you going to? asked Rose Red. You're surely not going to jump into the water. I'm not such a fool, screamed the dwarf. Don't you see that cursed fish is trying to drag me in? The little man had been sitting on the bank fishing, and unfortunately, the wind had entangled his beard in the line. 
and when immediately afterwards a big fish bit, the feeble little creature had no strength to pull it out. The fish had the upper fin and dragged the dwarf towards him. He clung on with all his might to every rush and blade of grass, but it didn't help him much. He had to follow every movement of the fish and was in great danger of being drawn into the water. The girls came up just at the right moment, held him firm, and did all they could to disentangle his beard from the line. But in vain, beard and line were in a hopeless muddle. Nothing remained but to produce the scissors and cut the beard, by which a small part of it was sacrificed. When the dwarf perceived what they were about, he yelled to them, Do you call that manners, you toadstools, to disfigure a man's face? It wasn't enough that you shortened my beard before, but you must now cut off the best bit of it. I can't appear like this before my own people. Then he fetched a sack of pearls that lay among the rushes, and without saying another word, he dragged it away and disappeared behind a stone. It happened that soon after this, the mother sent the two girls to the town to buy needles, thread, laces, and ribbons. The road led over a heath where large boulders of rock lay scattered here and there. While trudging along, they saw a big bird hovering in the air, circling slowly above them, but always descending lower, till at last it settled on a rock not far from them. Immediately afterwards, they heard a sharp, piercing cry. They ran forward and saw with horror that the eagle had pounced on their old friend, the dwarf, and was about to carry him off. The tender-hearted children seized a hold of the little man and struggled so long with the bird that at last he let go of his prey. When the dwarf had recovered from the first shock, he screamed in a screeching voice, Couldn't you have treated me more carefully? You have torn my thin little coat all to shreds, useless, awkward hussies that you are. Then he took a bag of precious stones and vanished under the rocks into his cave. The girls were accustomed to his ingratitude and went on their way and did their business in town. On their way home, as they were again passing the heath, they surprised the dwarf pouring out his precious stones in an open space, for he thought no one would pass by at so late an hour. The evening sun shone on the glittering stones, and they glanced and gleamed so beautifully that the children stood still and gazed on them. What are you standing there gaping for? screamed the dwarf, and his ashen grey face became scarlet with rage. He was about to go off with these angry words when a sudden growl was heard and a black bear trotted out of the wood. The dwarf jumped up in a great fright, but he hadn't time to reach his place of retreat, for the bear was already close to him. Then he cried in terror, Dear Mr. Bear, spare me. I'll give you all my treasure. Look at those beautiful precious stones lying there. Spare my life. What pleasure would you get from a poor, feeble little fellow like me? You won't feel me between your teeth. There, lay hold of these two wicked girls. They will be a tender morsel for you, as fat as young quails. Eat them up, for heaven's sake. But the bear, paying no attention to his words, gave the evil little creature one blow with his paw, and he never moved again. The girls had run away, but the bear called after them. Snow white and rose red, don't be afraid. Wait, and I'll come with you. Then they recognized his voice and stood still. 
And when the bear was quite close to them, his skin suddenly fell off, and a beautiful man stood beside them, all dressed in gold. I'm a king's son, he said, and I've been doomed by that unholy little dwarf who'd stolen my treasure to roam about the woods as a wild bear till his death should set me free. Now he's got his well-merited punishment. Snow White married him and Rose Red his brother, and they divided the great treasure the dwarf had collected in his cave between them. The old mother lived for many years peacefully with her children, and she carried the two rose trees with her, and they stood in front of her window, and every year they bore the finest red and white roses. <laughs>